How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. And we're back. Hey guys, this is Brad Costanzo, and this is another episode of Bacon Wrap Business. Um, if somehow this is the very first time you stumbled across the podcast, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I've got a really good show lined up for you today, and I encourage you to go back if you're listening on iTunes or Android or even on the blog and listen to some of the other episodes. One of the things you'll find on the show is that uh, there is a lot of different topics, uh, mostly around business, uh, and it's not any one topic in particular because I use this show to satisfy my curiosity of all topics, business, growth, entrepreneurship, finance, investments, and it is a opportunity for me to pick the brains of some really, really bright people and let you be a fly on the wall and listen in as I ask the questions that I want to know. As a result, I've got a lot of listeners who email me and say, Brad, those are the exact questions that I would have asked. Uh, thank you for that. And I think that's one of the things that makes it a great show, if I don't mind patting myself on the back. But um, you know, recently I've been getting some questions about, hey, can I, can I be on your show or you know, some interview connection services who try to bring me people who want to be on the, on the podcast? Now, I get a lot of those requests. And obviously, I don't have time to interview absolutely everybody. Uh, but I want to bring up two quick points. Number one, for, for you, my listeners, you'll be assured that the only people that I interview, the only episodes I do are ones that I have authentic personal curiosity about so you know you're going to get my best on the other side for the folks who I can't get to I'm just recently started to do something new with my guest host program and in this program I just recently aired one with Kim Snyder with this program I it is it is similar to a, a blog post a guest blog post where somebody else who's got something amazing to share and they write the article and they post it on the post I'm allowing some of my listeners and some of the other experts out there, maybe you, to give me an audio file, uh, a commentary, a monologue, and if I like it, if I like the topic, and if I think my listeners will like it, I will potentially post that. I'll do the intro and the outro, and I'll let you even talk to the group. Now, I'm very protective of my audience, so I want to make sure that it is a sizzling hot piece of business advice guaranteed to make my listeners fat profits just like the uh slogan in the uh, or the subtitle of the show says so um if you have an idea and if you think that being a guest host on bacon wrap business would be something you'd like to explore send me an email to ask brad at baconwrapbusiness.com and sell me on it let's see what we can do okay that being said i want to get to today's guest now i had uh, originally emailed back and forth, I think, with uh, today's guest, Justin Crane, uh, maybe about a year ago, and then we met up at Traffic Conversion Summit here in San Diego just about a month ago, and uh, we reconnected, and I invited Justin on the show. He is a, uh, he's a frequent guest on MSNBC, and he's a money strategist for business owners and entrepreneurs, 
and he basically helps you understand the most important side of your business, which is the financial aspect. And he makes it he makes it in a way that that's not a dry, boring subject, but that it's entertaining, oftentimes funny, and extremely uh, important because I've seen this, you know, in my own life. I've seen it with uh, clients of mine and colleagues and friends that they they start a business and they get going, but they don't understand the the financials of it, and they implode uh, absolutely. And it is uh, something that should be avoided at all costs because none of us are in business to lose money, uh, and it's a lot easier to do than you think if you don't know what you're doing. Now, Justin is also the author of the book Money You Got This, and he shares his everyday crazy funny life stories while giving you a money lesson. He's a certified financial planner and uh, professional who's, as I mentioned, he's been featured on MSNBC, Fox Business News, CBS, and now Bacon Wrap Business. Justin Crane, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, Brad. It's so good to be here. I love your show. I mean, it's just, it's one of my favorites. Thanks, man. Flattery great guests, you everywhere. Great, great. <laughs> no, but I mean, really, it's really good. Well, I really appreciate that. As I said, I try, and I think it really is because if I'm not interested in the subject, um, I don't invite the guests on, and I think that you know it's reflective. And money is something I'm very interested in, and it's something right. that, as a finance and economic major, I have a degree with that in school. It's kind of funny. I like I'm a, I was a finance guy, but I hate numbers. <laughs> I don't hate them, but <laughs> yeah. I, I love the investment side. I, like I wanted to be Bud Fox in Wall Street, right? With without the uh, drama at the end, but yeah, uh, I love the investing side. And then I got into marketing and I love that a little bit more because I love selling and getting the money. And, but it's the, all the keeping track and, and understanding the way that a business works, like the internal parts, the guts, the mechanics uh, that are so important. And I've made money, I've lost money. And you and I were talking offline about um, one of the biggest problems out there being that there's a lot of, um, a lot of business owners who do great gross revenues Right, and then they, but they make as much as a McDonald's worker. You know, yeah, they, they have nothing to show for it. Right, and I've told, I've told clients of mine, I've told friends of mine, and I like, I adopted this philosophy a long time ago, which is never be envious of somebody's gross revenue, because that's not telling the whole story. That's right. Right, yeah. I like that. Thank you. So let's dive into this. Uh, you and I were talking a bit offline about, you know, what do we think the audience would really like to share? And we came up with some topics that we could talk about for hours, but I want people to walk away going, man, that's, that is significant. I didn't think about that before. I really need to think about it now. And, um, let's just kind of hit these rapid fire. Uh, I, I would love to go into your whole backstory, but people can read your book. Yeah. Forget they, it. They yeah. Go into that. Right. Of um, course. Let, why don't you first tell me though, some, as a, money strategist for business owners and aside from just you know high revenues low profit margins what are some of the other big mistakes and problems you see that as a strategist you're there to solve well number one is a lot of business owners don't account for the fact that they have to take money out of their business to live and they don't exactly know how much money they need to live so they don't know what their personal monthly nut is and they don't have any system on how much money they need to take out of their business because if they're taking out not enough or too much, there's a problem on both sides, right? If the business needs more money and you're taking out too much, now the business doesn't have money. And if the business can't produce enough money and you've got not enough to take out, you're kind of screwed. So most business owners, they don't understand the nuance of both business expenses and personal expenses. And they don't have any sort of game plan on how they're going to pay both of those. 
Yeah, that's, and then they're going to scramble. Yeah, that's hard, and it is especially when you're starting a new business and you're you're getting going. It's the um, you know that's that especially a startup entrepreneur. It's the listen whatever it takes. I'll eat ramen noodles. I'm just going to funnel all the money back into the business. And there is that point where sometimes you have to. So I'm like, hey, I'm not profitable. I'm barely I'm barely making any revenue. But as I'm making revenue, I just got to grow and I got to shovel it back into the company. So how do you, what's that balance? How do you know? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, I think you really need to start as soon as you can by getting yourself a paycheck. Because if you want your business to be sellable, to be worth something, there's got to be a number in there, a line item for you, the business owner, to get paid. Because otherwise, it, you're going to be willy-nillying it, and you're not going to really have a plan to pay yourself something. So just like the business has needs, you as the business owner, you have needs. So as, as soon as you can, you have to figure out a plan on how much money you can take out of the business so that you can live, pay your rent, go to Vegas, eat sushi, save for retirement, whatever it is. Right on. So uh, I have discussed this with a past guest on the show who I, you know, you're, you know of, uh, Mike Michalowicz. He, he had a yep. book called Profit First. And the basics of that, we won't you know, go too much into this. People can listen to that episode if they want. But it really is, yeah, take your profit first take your take your money off the table first um i and i saw some of the videos where you talk talking about this too and it is really element it's it's forehead slapping like elementary like why didn't i think about that when you hear about it like yeah pay yourself first take money out because we're in business not just to be in business we're in business to make a living and to, to 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 make money and 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 have freedom but a lot of us don't do that so um, yeah. Establish a paycheck. Put profit in your business and spend the rest on expenses. Um, what are some of the other big mistakes and or strategies? I'm kind of going to let you free flow here because yeah. I know that you've got a lot of cool strategies that people need to know. And I, I may not know what I don't know to ask. Right? Oh, so. love it. Yeah. Well, I think another one has to do with pricing. I think a lot of business owners, they think that – just because they understand their pricing, that their customer will understand their pricing. But I'm sure you've heard the term, a, you know, a, um, a confused mind doesn't buy. Oh, yeah. So if you don't have your pricing from a display point, just a display where the buyer or the potential buyer sees what they're getting, they're going to feel overwhelmed. They're probably not going to click and buy or buy something offline, and they're just not going to purchase it. So number one, everyone, I, you know, I wish I could show my screen, but this is a podcast. Like (laughs) basically a lot of people's pricing looks like Egyptian hieroglyphics. It looks like a Chinese maze, right? It's like, no one really understands what they're getting. The display of it is not good. That's number one. Number two, and I'll get back to the display. So we'll come back to that in a second is this whole issue of people love getting a deal. I don't know anyone who hasn't loved Mm -hmm. getting a deal, like buying a car, like getting an airline ticket, buying a suit, like going out to a dinner, whatever it is, people love getting a deal. But when you only have one price for your offering, how can a buyer feel like they're getting a deal? So why don't we have two prices for something that we're offering, and why don't we stack some bonuses on a higher-priced product but only make it incrementally more expensive? Mm-hmm. And he'll give you a couple of examples. Let's say you check into a hotel and it's $300 for a garden view, but $350 for an ocean view. Everyone would buy the ocean view for $50 more. 
Like Southwest Airlines does the same thing. Yep. Priority boarding, you know, for the, for the that I get one, it. I get it. Fifteen bucks more. So, but the, when you just have one offer, people look at it. They're like, well, they don't. They can't compare it to anything. So the brain needs to see some context when when it's buying something. It's got to compare to something. That way, when you compare it to something else, you're gonna be like, wow, I'm getting a deal. So that's how you do pricing. You you make one offer way, way better. The other offer is what's called a decoy. Mm-hmm. And then you stack some bonuses. And that higher priced offer doesn't cost you that much more. But the benefit to the buyer is like huge. Yeah. One of my favorite, um, one of my favorite types of offers, especially as an upsell uh, post-purchase. Uh, but it can be done uh, at, at any point. It doesn't have to be done post-purchase. It's just where I started doing these, which is... Um, it's like a bucket or a bundle offer. So you're giving, um, let's just say you've got four products. You're mm-hmm. giving them, um, you know, you're, you're giving them two actually like four products in essence for the price of two or four products for the price of one. So in essence, they are getting not only they're getting free stuff, plus they're getting a discount. So it's like normally this product alone is uh, $100 and I'll give you this product instead for $50 plus I'll throw in these other three. And now you've got the best of both worlds. Now you're, you've got yeah a discount plus free stuff. It's like, whoa, yeah. my, my head explodes. And it's and little things like that can make a huge difference in the bottom line. Absolutely. I th- and the way that you do this from a display standpoint is you use check marks. Have you ever seen those charts with the check marks and what you get at each level? Yes. That's what people need to do. Yeah. Is you need to dis- because otherwise, if it's online or on a brochure, you could literally see people like moving their mouse up and down, trying to compare and not really knowing where the value is mm-hmm. and where the best deal is. Yeah, it's like and then pricing you- grade is what you're talking about. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when you want to throw in those bonuses, Brad, we can start doing cross promotions with people. Right? We can offer their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And have it, have joint ventures that way. So, but the mistake that business owners are making is they're not clear on a what their price should be because they need to know what their expenses are so the price needs to be high enough to cover the profits including how much money they take out of their business Mm -hmm. and we need to make the customer and the buyer feel like they're going to get a killer deal by buying the offering that's not a decoy right now let me um Shift in topics a little bit here, because yeah. I, you know, I just had a thought. Now, there's probably a lot of listeners to the show who are either solo entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs. I know for a fact I've got some, you know, some big marketing executives and some people like that that I've spoken to, and that's great. But for the smaller guys who are really kind of getting started and they're in hustle mode and they're trying, you know, they're making money, but they're trying to keep their uh, head from spinning off its top and they're trying to get a handle on their finances. Uh, like for instance, I know that you said that you do this for, um, for a handful of clients where it's like, ah, uh, you know, personal and business money manager, personal CFO, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But what, what advice do you have for the, for the business owner? Let's just say uh, I'll throw a number out there, like a minimum number. They're doing mm-hmm. half a half a million dollars a year. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, they are they know they need to get their finances in shape. You know, obviously they can go to their CPA, and I don't know if a CPA is necessarily the best uh, person to go to for proactive 
you know, financial strategy with this. Sometimes they, they could be, uh, I don't think mine is, but, um, <laughs> hope he doesn't listen to the show. That being said, um, are, is there anything about like getting that personal or business financial manager, CFO, um, when you're not just raking in crazy cash, but you want to make sure you're doing things right from the get go without having to learn it all yourself? Because that's one of the things I know that a lot of entrepreneurs are like, I don't have time to learn all the numbers. I'm just trying to put more beans in the, you know, in the bank. I don't have time to make sure that they're all being counted correctly. Yeah, I think there has it has to be a team approach, mm-hmm. and I think you need to be really clear with your accountant, bookkeeper. I mean, that's why I got into this money strategy business because mm-hmm. there's no profession that does this. It's like this black hole. So what I would do if I'm a business owner is I would establish some metrics that are important for my business, and I, we can we can talk about that. Just some simple metrics, and then I would have an assistant, a bookkeeper, someone just literally email me those metrics, or Call me and tell me what they are. I mean, literally, you can have a glass of wine and talk about this stuff and not have it be so overwhelming. So mm-hmm. what, what should those metrics be? Number one, we need to have a profit of at least 10 to 15% or more in our business. So every month, the bookkeeper, the CPA, your friend, your uncle, I don't care who it is, needs to email you looking at that profit loss, net income divided by sales, factoring in what you take out of the business. So that's one number. The second number is cash. We always need to keep some cash in the bank so we can say no to all of the BS that we normally say yes to. Yeah. So we all know, I mean, all of the personal finance gurus talk about emergency funds and all that. Well, why can't we have an emergency fund for our business? Because as small business owners, we don't like get paid twice a month like an executive would. We're not W-2 people. We're like live, flying by the seat of our pants. Mm-hmm. So let's build in some cash to at least one month of expenses. Well, do we even know what one month's expenses are in our business? <laughs> right. So I will point out that today is National Get Your Head Out of the Sand Day. For those of you who don't know that, you've got to get your head out of the sand. you got to know what your expenses are in your business, and you got to shoot towards one, uh, at least one month. Yeah, I like that. And one of the things you said is, is so true, whether it's in business, personal life, or whatever – it's kind of that FU account, right? It's like, I don't have to do this. I don't need the money. Yes. And life yes. changes dramatically when you've got, you don't even have to be, have a FU account. You can just have a, um, I don't need you account. I don't need to do mm-hmm. this because now you can focus on the only the big things that matter and, um, and actually take a moment and breathe to, to, to push your business forward. For so sure. you, um, you talked about earlier when we were offline about the, the money side of marketing campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, but you didn't really go into a lot of detail on that for context, but I want, but you seemed like you had some kind of cool stuff to share there. So let's talk about that because I know that a lot of my listeners run marketing campaigns and uh, I know that I do as well. So what might we not be considering that could give us a good boost? Yeah. Yeah. So I learned a lot about marketing campaigns from Brendan Burchard. He taught me – I didn't even know what a campaign was until I met him. I mean I knew a political campaign but <laughs> not a marketing campaign. Yeah. So what I learned from him was that you have to be intentional with your content that you're going to promote. So from January to December, you're going to have themes, launches, strategies, joint venture things, live events, offline, whatever it is. And what you need to begin to think about is, is how much – 
money, and I'm talking cash, so this is after profits and after you pay anyone and after you pay off any debt or whatever, how much extra cash do you expect to generate each month? And then what are you going to do with that cash as a result of that success? Mm -hmm. So in other words, in January, if you expect to make, I'm making it up, 20 grand, right? And you know you want to pay down some debt by five. Now you have $15,000 in January if you wanted to bootstrap that into your next thing in February. So now when we're looking at February, we have to think about that. How much are we going to have to invest? What do we think we're going to make in terms of a, uh, a result? And what is the net profit going to be? Now, it seems very, very simple when you just do it linearly like every month. But here's where business owners get into problems. They think that everything is going to work and they have no real metric to decide, should I invest in that? Is it going to work or is it not? Mm-hmm. If I do this, is it going to be okay or is it, going to, is it not going to do well? So what I've done with my community is I've given them this one metric of investing, which is three times your money. Say that one more time. Three times your money, and I'm going to go into it. Cool. So, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, I need to make 10 times my money. I can make 20 times, and we all know that, but, like, we got to have a baseline to determine whether we should make an investment and come up with a game plan for that specific month. So here's the way that you need to think about it. Let's pretend that in March... You're not going to launch something, but that's the month that you're going to fly to New York to go to like a trade show, okay? right? And you're going to spend a few grand for the flight and hotel and food and all that. Next thing you know, you're into it for $7,000. Well, do you think you could make $21,000 off of that spend on the trade show for the month of March? And if you're a new business owner, that money's got to come back quick, not like six months, mm-hmm. not in a year. It's got to come back in like four to six weeks. Because you've got to pay off your credit card that soon. If you're more of a seasoned business owner and your business generates cash, you could go a year. I mean, that's why people hire like publicists because you never really know when it's going to hit. But if you're in that cash flow drama hamster wheel, you need to be making three times your money quick. Yeah. And, so yeah. you're saying kind of use that as a benchmark of should I yes. even do this? Exactly. At exactly. Least, so, and, and if you decide to do it, that's fine. You know, sometimes you can just sacrifice like, oh, maybe I won't make it back, but I want to do it. And maybe I will, maybe I won't. But at least you're it, to me, it sounds like you're running your things through the, that filter so that you're aware. And I know in the past, like I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put blinders on, put my head in the sand and just hope it pays off someday. So I, I, I'm totally familiar with that concept. But yeah. I like having that. Is it going to be ma- making me three times the money? Because if it's not, maybe there's something else I could be doing that will. Exactly. And the thing is, Brad, is that. A lot of business owners, they don't even know really. They kind of have an idea on what the sales could be. But like I need everyone to list out their top four things that they sell, whether it's services, products, packages, whatever. And then it's really easy to do the math. Like, oh, I need to sell seven widgets to make 20 grand or whatever that number is. And then you say, do I think I could get seven widgets, seven packages from a result of that trade show within six weeks? Yeah. And people think that they have to be heroes, that they have to jump in the deep end of the pool. But what I say is, let's put on our money floaties, that's a technical term by the way, mm-hmm. and get in the shallow end of the pool. And if we think 7,000 is too much, well, why can't we do 1,000? And then if it doesn't work, we're only out 1,000 bucks. And then when we come to the month of April for the next thing we want to do, 
we have that extra 6,000 that we would have not had had that not worked at the trade show. This is the cash flow side of marketing campaigns, of intentionally pro producing and promoting your content and making sure that you have the money to sustain it. Otherwise, it's Kaputniksville. Yeah, <laughs> Kaputniksville. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, I want to shift the gears a little uh, again on you. Yeah, you know, bring it on, I, bring it sometimes on. Sometimes I get these uh, questions. Uh, so you work with different kinds of business owners and you see yep. a lot from the financial side of it. Are there any certain business models, and there may not be an answer to this or not, but I'm just curious. Are there any certain businesses, business models, uh, you know, types of types of businesses that seem to have, you know, absolutely terrible internal economics? And I'll give you an yes. example, right? Okay, and I'll, I'll let you go on that. But my <laughs> example is, like, I know one of the things that's all the rage right now in the world of marketing and opportunity, et cetera, is physical products and supplement. Everybody wants to be in a supplement business and everybody wants to do this and sell physical products. And I, you know, I've got a business selling physical products as well. And I also know this from, you know, firsthand from that. Uh, and this is also where the being jealous of somebody's uh, top line revenue. Cause I know for a fact that a lot of physical product businesses have, uh, especially just e-com have terrible profit margins because by nature yeah. they have to continue mm -hmm. to manage cash flow, yeah. manage inventory, shovel everything mm -hmm. back in. So I, mm -hmm. I know people doing $20 million top line and they're barely able to take home a hundred thousand yeah. dollars themselves. Yeah. So mm -hmm. tell me about any experience you've got there with just, this is kind of that, that meaty behind the scenes, stuff yeah people really need to know to have a grasp of reality yeah well i love that you bring up business models brad because it's so it's a huge i mean you want to talk about bacon wrapped right mm -hmm. there that's huge mm -hmm. it's how do you make money and what do you have to do to make money so my first thing is i'm all about recurring revenue like i just believe in that both of my businesses combined are pretty high up there in recurring revenue and it's 100 percent recurring revenue so a bad business model and I hate to pick on realtors or people that sell insurance or like people that draft estate plans, but you're working your tushes off, right? Yep. To get paid one time. Mm -hmm. And then you wake up in the morning when that escrow closes and you're done. You gotta start over. So you can't, I, I like businesses that can keep clients for a long time. I mean, that's why if you look at like Apple, they're growing their services business by like 30 or 40% a year. Because you know, when you buy um, music, when you get all of those extra services from them, that's an annuity for them. So one thing in particular is recurring revenue. I'm a I'm a massive believer in that. Agreed. It's much easier for to manage cash flow and profitability. So that's number one. And then number two, you have to have. I mean, you got to have a profit margin of at least ten percent, hopefully fifteen percent, and you have to be able to manage it. So the businesses and that's a net profit margin. Net, yeah, I'm not talking gross. I'm mm -hmm. not talking like you buy supplements for 50 and you sell it for 55 and that's it. Hmm. Like you need to have padding in there to pay yourself, to pay overhead and you know your assistance and you know rent or whatever else it is. So a business model is a great one that has recurring revenue with higher margins. I mean, do we really want to be like Walmart or I mean, there's only a few Walmarts and Amazons out there. Well, and realistically, uh, history has proven that if you're competing on like just the price uh, and trying to be the lowest price, you are going to be out of business if that's your only differentiator. Um, yes. That's why like Walmart, uh, Walmart, I, I don't want to say they're in trouble, but Amazon is starting to eat their lunch because they're much more than just 
the dis, you know they're much more than just cheap. I mean, Amazon is a huge services company and, and and technology infrastructure and all this other stuff, right? They're not competing just on price, and it's a race to the bottom in in most cases. So if you're just competing on price, um, you're kind of doomed. I always say that's the very very last thing you should ever go into uh, is a discount you know, yeah, business yeah, model. No. And that's why, I you know, agree. you know, when it comes to the business models, like I, I am much more about a, um, a high profit margin business than, a than a high, um, you know, just any a high growth at any cost. Once more, I mentioned the $20 million business and I'll put an asterisk on the end of this statement. But, uh, in most cases, I'd much rather have a, you know, a business that does, uh, 2 million a year and I get to take home 1 million than 20 million a year course, that I get yeah. to take home 1 million with one exception. Depending on what it is, a $20 million business has the ability to be sold for a much higher multiple, right? But, you know, take that equation out. A $20 million business has a ton more moving parts and it's mm-hmm. a lot harder to run than a $2 million business with a 50% profit margin because you've got it, you know, you've got it dialed in. Um, so, yeah, I think that m- the more. Uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, et cetera, go after, uh, really think about that bottom line number and they're putting their profit at the forefront of their mind, the, the better off they are. Yeah, I mean, totally. So I think for, the, for for everyone who's listening, it's about what is that next thing that you can do that makes you feel like you're going to take a small risk to get your business model even better to make it more profitable. What is something that you can control where you, you're like the odds are not stacked against you? The odds are actually in your favor. Absolutely, that's a game changer. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The um, the uh, the last question I kind of want to really hit on is we talked about uh, prior to our call investing mm-hmm. in your business, right? Yes, and. That is a very broad topic. I was like, make, make sure you're not talking about you know investing the profits outside of your business, like mutual funds, et cetera. We're not talking about that. Talk about different ways that people can invest in their business that is effective, that you've seen work, and kind of what problems that strategy solves. Yeah. So again, I'm going to point out the three times rate of return. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is we need to think about, all right, well, how much money am I going to invest up front? And then here's another one is the return on your money and how quick. I mentioned it needs to be four to six weeks, but the speed to which you can acquire a prospect and then convert them into a client needs to be really, really quick. And then if you can figure out that you can get paid um, often for a long time, and if it's for a fair amount of money, that's an investment that I would want to make that I feel like I have an edge on. It's the big investments that you're not quite sure if they're going to work. Those are the risky ones. And my advice to everyone is to take small risks all the time and look at the data, look at the empirical data and be like, is this good? Is it not good? If it's good, then you can go bigger and take more of a risk. But people think that it's like all or nothing and it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You're right. You're right. And I love that. Now, your business. We didn't even talk about this. Um, yeah. Maybe we did offline, but let's talk about because you know you're an author, you're a money strategist, etc. What does that really mean? Like, how do you work? This is you know for people who are like, man, this Justin guy's really smart and he seems to know what he's doing. And maybe I need help, maybe I don't. But uh, what? Explain more about how you work, what you're doing, the kind of the impact that you're making, what your business is doing in the world. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm a certified financial planner. One business um, is where I'm just investing my clients' money. I manage close to 100 million bucks. 
uh, and I work as a fee-only financial advisor. And then when I started getting more into my clients who are business owners, kind of financial affairs, I'd be like, I realized that like, where's where's the money advice for the business? The bookkeepers and CPAs weren't really giving it. So I just got into it. I, I jumped in the shallow end and kept learning and learning and learning and then started working with about 10 clients where I act as their just both personal and business financial advisor. And then from there, I have a really, really big passion to help the small business owner, uh, in particular women, uh, because when I got divorced about six years ago, I was putting everyone else first and not me. I was taking care of everyone else. And my messaging, for some reason, I guess, attracted women because they're doing like all of that too. They're, they're taking care of everyone else and sometimes they're not making themselves a priority and they're, they're doing what they think they should be doing rather than what they want to do. So I've developed a following and a community of women business owners that just want money strategy. They want to grow. They want to take their annual income. Uh, yeah, they want to take their annual income and make it their monthly income. So it's like like exactly what we're doing right now. It's like rapid fire teaching. I mean, if you can't tell, I'm foaming at the mouth when I talk to you. Mm-hmm. I love this stuff. That's I great. love it. I could do it all day long in my PJs and <laughs> I don't even wear PJs. <laughs> That's great. I love yeah. it. So, yeah. Justin, how do people uh, – what's the best way for them to get a hold of you, to read your book, to find out more, to um, even potentially talk to you and see if, if there's something that – you know? In it sure. Together? Yeah. Uh, they can go to this site just to get more info about what we discussed today. It's cashflowgift.com. Okay. And they can find me on Facebook and just message me or find me. Or I mean my last name is K-R-A-N-E. I'm around. I'm not going anywhere. I'm married with three kids. I'm fully in. Nice. I love yeah. it. Well, man, yeah. you you brought the bacon on this episode. I really appreciate you stopping by, and I'm glad we finally got a chance to to connect and do this. And it is very valuable. And I know that you know I get questions from some of my friends and colleagues, you know, about the money side. And sometimes it's unfortunately when things are going bad and they're trying to plug the holes, but other times. Uh, things are going really well, and they want to make sure that they don't screw it up. Those are the smart ones. So it's yeah. nice to have people like yourself to kind of send them to and say, listen, this guy will lend an ear and see if there's some way he can help you. Um, is there any nut you're trying to crack right now besides just getting more exposure and you know, and doing a little bit more of what you're doing? Is there is there any skills you're trying to learn, people you're trying to meet doors you're trying to open, people you're trying to hire. Is there anything that myself, my listeners, that you can yeah. give our imagination and maybe we can help you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I love your show. It was great to be here and um, it was just so much fun. And then to answer your question, last year was the big launch of my book. This year, I got nothing and it feels so good. Like I got no, like my marketing campaign, I still have one, yeah. but I don't have some big event. Yeah. So what I've made the decision to do is just really to connect with influencers and people who complement what I do. So that could be social media people, that could be business coaches, that could be marketing people. It could be anything in business, anyone in business. That's my that's my goal for this year is to just have better connections and grow, learn, and just go. So it's nice to know that this year is about – singles you know scoring getting people on first base rather than trying to hit a home run Mm -hmm. and it feels good to just be like all right now it's like this is it like i'm in that's awesome 
Well, I will do what I can to help you out. I Thank hope you. that my listeners will as well. And you go check out cashflowgift.com and find Justin on uh, Facebook. And I'll put uh, links to all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, to every other listener, I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, money is a is an important piece, and you know, even myself, who's got a background in finance, I I don't have it all figured out, and it gets confusing, and it's not always fun to deal with, especially if you're having to deal with it when things are messy and ugly and uh, whatnot. So that I think the key is to make sure they don't get that way, uh, you know, early on. Now. If you've enjoyed this, the best way that you can pay me back, put a review on iTunes, send me an email. Let me know what you liked most uh, about it. Let me know if there's any suggestions you have. You can always email me at askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. I mentioned, I I think I mentioned earlier in the show, I I can't remember if we talked about this offline or not, but yeah, I... um, I have a guest host program now, and if you've got some amazing things to share and you'd like to potentially be a guest host or even a guest and be interviewed on the show, the best way to just reach out to me is on the um, uh, just askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. That is my personal email address. I will check that and we'll uh, see if there's an opportunity here. I can't make any promises, but um, I love meeting my listeners. I've uh, I've become you know, friends with quite a few listeners over the years. And, uh, you know, I love doing that. So until next time, Justin, thank you for joining me and us on the show. Uh, and everybody else keep subscribing if you, if you're not and share the show if you like it. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks again.